Brothers and sisters, so the last few days we've been looking at how Jesus witnesses by his Eucharistic presence, the way he exists in the Eucharist, the manner by which he exists, and that he witnesses to us the, the very virtues that he modeled for us when he lived uh, on earth in his earthly life, we could say um, that we see in the Gospels, that those virtues are modeled in a, in a way that is present right before our eyes in the Eucharist. And just to end on that note, and then we'll go on to something new today, but just to say um, another by St. Peter Julian Amard, to, to really summarize this, he says, what, for example, is there more simple than to find a relation between the birth of Jesus in the stable and his sacramental birth on the altar and in our hearts? Who does not see that the hidden life of Nazareth, so even those virtues of just simplicity and um, his poverty of spirit. Who cannot see that these things are continued in the divine host of the tabernacle and that the passion of the man, God and Calvary is renewed in the holy sacrifice at every moment of the day and night all over the world. Isn't there a whole idea of sacrifice, you know, that, that when we give our life for someone, Jesus defined it, there's no greater love than to give your life for someone. And that love is a sacrifice, um, giving up of something to out of, of love. Um, and even the Eucharist, we see that, that element of sacrifice, even in adoration, that the Lord, in one sense, witnesses that he gives his complete being to us in, uh, by being utterly and totally present to us um, in the Eucharist. He goes on and says, Is not our Lord meek and humble? In his sacrament as during his mortal life so that meekness that humility of christ we spoke about isn't it not seen in the eucharist is he not always the good shepherd the divine consoler our bosom friend <laughs> our most intimate of friends that he modeled that virtue of friendship um with with his disciples and and he offers that still to us in the eucharist happy is the soul that knows how to find jesus in the eucharist and in the eucharist all things is that, is that it? That happy and blessed is a person who knows how to find Jesus. Now, of course, it's Jesus' grace to reveal himself to us in the Eucharist. And Jesus will reveal himself in the Eucharist in degrees according to our ability to, to, to give ourselves to him. Um, this is not because he's stingy, but it's because just the more we give ourselves him, the more we're able to open our hearts and minds to receive more of him. And, and Jesus will reveal himself. There's a secret buried in the monstrance. Um, and, and the adorers over long periods of time, their life, life, lifetimes will testify to this, um, that the Lord will reveal himself in ever more degrees to the soul that longs for him. Today now, I just want to simply say that St. Peter Julian Amad thinks, and I think that he's right, and, and <laughs> we might uh, disagree with him, but um, but it's something that, that I've been thinking a lot about myself, about adoration, Eucharistic adoration being the holiest, most perfect kind of prayer we can pray outside of the Mass. Of course, adoration, the Eucharist extends the Mass, you could say, in time. Um, and so the Mass is the most perfect, most solitary, most salvific uh, prayer that we could enter into um, as human beings. Um, and the church teaches this very clearly. No matter if it's celebrated mundanely or, 
or in a way that is, is difficult for our senses. In fact, that calls for a greater act of faith um, in, in, in that. But it is more, it's the most powerful form of prayer. Adoration extends this because, first of all, adoration not only witnesses the virtues of Christ to us, but also calls forth our virtues, those most fundamental virtues that perfect the core of our being. And, and here he outlines, um, he outlines a few of them. He speaks about faith. You know, for, we know the scripture says that faith is what makes us holy. Faith is what justifies us. And when our faith is full of love, then it spills over in good works. And it's, it's seen in the works, uh, which St. James says, you know, show me your works and I'll tell you about your faith. Um, and so faith, as we know, is more than just belief. It's a living contact with God. But it involves an act of deep knowledge, uh, which is grace from God in our soul, to, to believe in things that, that, that extend beyond reason, but which which are reasonable, but, but are found really from revelation, um, that God has to reveal us about it. So, you know, the early disciples, they had to have great faith to look beyond the very humanity in front of them to find something of the divinity. We... In adoration, a call to an even deeper act of faith, because we, we no longer just see the Lord in, in, in front of us as in the way the apostles see, but we see the Lord in front of us through what looks like bread. So in one sense, this, this deep faith is, is extraordinary. And then he goes on to say love. He says, since love is the whole law, we fulfill the whole law when according to the first commandment, we adore our Lord and God. So when we go to adoration, we're fulfilling the law. We're fulfilling this great love by giving God this homage, this adoration. And then, of course, he goes on and he speaks about charity. So first of all, that in adoration, we, it's, it's this moment where we get to practice this, the whole law of loving God above all things. When we're there in adoration, that's exactly what we're doing. We could be doing many other things, but we've chosen just to come and love God himself. And, and then it's not only love of God. Uh, we know that the New Testament is love one another as I have loved you. Or that this is the law, to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbors yourself. And so in adoration, we come to the Lord himself to intercede, to pray for other people. And that's an exercise of perfect charity. So some people say you're praying much better to go and give food to the poor and, and to etc, etc. Well, we must do these things in life, obviously. Um, but um, people do not realize that the power of prayer, the, 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 the true gift that we give to people, better than any human food, better than any human clothing. We clothe them with our prayers, with our grace. This is something real, brothers and sisters, and that this is something that we cannot um, take account. It takes great faith to believe this. So, so when people have little faith, they, they resort, and it's a temptation for all of us to resort just to human visible activities like like social work and stuff, which are very important and part of the gospel. But it must be carried by an interior um, also reality that this is also true, that we can clothe people with grace, it can affect their salvation by prayer. And, and in fact, somebody's soul to be saved is more important than anything else. And so that's why adoration is also practice of this supreme virtue of charity. He also says that adoration is also a practice of piety. So... Piety is a gift of the Holy Spirit, which instills us to offer loving devotion to God as a child, um, to, to give to God what is his due. So it, it's, it's that gift of the Holy Spirit that perfects, um, that perfects 
the virtue of religion, which is the virtue that that whereby we give to God what is his due because he's our creator and our father and that we have received everything as gifts. So our response is to give back to him everything that we can. But there's also, besides the gift of the Holy Spirit piety, there's the virtue of piety. And and this is in the soul. St. Thomas Aquinas would say the virtue of piety, he thinks of it in terms of parents in the country. You know, the people to whom we owe our existence or dependence on so that you know, piety is also something that allows us to even live as good citizens, to 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 give back to the country, to 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 be obedient, to in the in the in a way that is in keeping with faith and morals, um, to governments, etc. Um, to to be obedient, um, to our parents, uh, to things that they've given us, but but piety is well stretched out to God that that He's our Father and that we owe to Him everything. So the virtue of piety allows us to be humble allows us to to give to God what is his due and what is given to God is what he wants is our whole heart our whole selves and so when we go to adoration we give our whole selves so it's a it's an exercise of the virtue of piety in an extraordinary and he goes on and says there's so many other virtues we practice when we go to adoration patience for example um the suffering out of just being with the Lord from distractions from temptations to go elsewhere shows great love so adoration is something that perfects the human soul in, in, in many ways.